tailgate social distancing, you know? I can have a beer, and my, my buddy, two times Tony, he can be six feet away, he can have a beer too, it doesn't matter. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, August 20th, a beautiful day. I'm J.D. Skeets, and joining us here live, thanks to the power of technology, Tass Mellis. Jared Steinberg. <laughs> we also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. Lily. And last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Well, here I am for right now. Can't wait to find out <laughs> when my internet craps out today. Oh, no, it's your birthday. It's not crapping out today. Happy birthday, Skeets. Oh, thanks, big guy. Yeah, on your birthday, does ComCrap give you more bandwidth? Is that what happens? <laughs> oh, you're getting that big birthday bandwidth. Oh, your bods are unstoppable today. <laughs> All right, we'll see how long this lasts. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now in the YouTube comments. We see you guys. Keep sending in your questions and comments there and email them in for next week's Beach Steppin'. Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com. Or tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. We are here with your playoff recap of day whatever it is in the playoffs. I can't even keep track anymore. I guess we're recapping day three of the playoffs. We'll get to all four games. We're actually going to start in the Eastern Conference today, gentlemen. Yeah, we're switching it up because we need to, uh, well, at least start writing the eulogy for the 2019 26ers. Jason Tatum scores 33 points. The Celtics destroy the 76ers, 128 101. We had a lot of blowouts actually, sort of yesterday. They take the 2 0 lead. Lee, get us started. I'm sure you're going to zero in on the Philadelphia 76ers, who might be done already before this one even really gets started. Well, you could look at this game and go, look, the Boston Celtics are a great team, and their three stars, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, were incredible yesterday. Yep. Everything clicked for the Boston Celtics. After a bit of a slow start, they just really put their foot down, and uh, it was a convincing win. That's one angle you could take. Or. You could look at it from the other angle and say the Philadelphia 76ers have two games left this season. They are a complete disaster. And where do they go from here? I think Brett Brown is coaching his final two games. I think there's there's virtually no chance of him coming back. Yep. And the uh, Philadelphia 76ers are in a, a mess right now because they've got... Joel Embiid's not going anywhere. They're going to keep him. He's a star player. But they've got Al Horford on a $100 million contract. And then they've got Tobias Harris on what feels like a billion-dollar contract. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how they trade that. I think they can trade Al Horford and get something back. But you, you're going to take on that contract from Tobias Harris. That's a huge uh, white elephant, I think, right now. So um, if you're the Sixers, this is, they, the season can't end quick enough. They were awful yesterday. Joel Embiid early on, the first couple of possessions, looked aggressive, went inside and tried to score. Then he just kind of got bored. And uh, Jeff Van Gundy, uh, excuse me, Stan Van Gundy on the call was saying like, you know, as he started sort of drifting out of the paint, hitting those mid ranges, he's like, we can live with those if you're the Celtics because he's not inside dominating. And he hit a couple, but then that was basically all they had, the Sixers. After that first quarter, Boston just ruined this team completely, utter domination. And uh, I really can't see the Sixers even keeping this close for the final two games. Nah. Sweep it up. This thing is long mm. over. We talked about it in the seeding games, how this team wasn't on the same page. From the beginning of the seeding games, you're coming down here to the bubble. You don't start off all that well in the seeding games. Now, game two is almost a must win. And yep. they got destroyed in the hustle categories. They're just not on the same page. It's evident. That game was evident, uh, emblematic of why 
They stunk on the road all season long. 17 to 1 second chance points, 15 to 4 fast break points. There's a play in the second quarter where Kemba Walker got a pick up top, standard pick and roll. Joel Embiid sags back. Kemba Walker takes a long jumper. It's a 20 foot jumper, hits front rim, and it bounces. And no sixer comes within feet of it. Kemba Walker strolls in, doot, 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 grabs it, rebound, scores. That's the sixers in a nutshell right there. Joel Embiid is as good as he is. He's extremely good. He's not leading this team. I think that's evident. Now, you know, he needs Ben Simmons out there. Yeah. It's not it's not They're fair missing to say. him. There's no doubt. Yeah. And then there's a big drop-off. Lee mentioned a few of the guys after him and Simmons. Uh, they don't have a guy who's really stepping up into a two or three spot. No. That being said, talent aside, they're also just not hustling. They just don't have it. They, they started... In Orlando that way, and they're going to finish in Orlando that way. And if they're not fighting in a, in a must-win game two, do you see them fighting in a game three or game four? I doubt it. I think it's over. Yeah, Trey, you agree with that? Are they? Are we going to see the Sixers already waving the white flag here? Do you have any faith in them to put up a little bit of a fight and play harder at least like uh, Tassasan? Maybe they'll put up a fight, but they're just not good enough to beat the Celtics. I needed to see this game. I feel like I've liked the Sixers way too much this season and not liked the Celtics enough. And when you watch... The first three quarters, specifically, you're like, how could you ever think that the Sixers are a better team than the Celtics in this season? This is ridiculous to just watch. It looks like they've given up. Uh, you know, I've got uh, got some family in Boston, so the group text is going up. I said this might be a sweep, and Steve Kirby hops, and he says, it is. I trust that guy. Because <laughs> the Sixers, you know, we asked for 40 and 20 for Joel Embiid. He got sort of close, right? 34 and 10. He was scoring early, and it looks like he peters out almost every single game. And there's just no leadership there is exactly right. And then it's also super disappointing. If you look around the rest of the playoffs, you see Markel Fultz having a good game for the Magic. You see Trey Burke contributing for the Dallas Mavericks. You see Jimmy Butler take over a game and win it for the Miami Heat. All of those guys were on the Sixers. Would they like to have maybe one person who can dribble the ball around and throw a pass? I think it would be helpful. There are times you see Embiid with great post position. Josh Richardson with the ball up top. Looks like an easy pass in. Somehow it turns into a turnover. They just don't know how to get the ball to Embiid in the right places. He's not always in the right places. It's a, it's a disaster. Maybe they get a win, uh, but there's no way they're advancing. Yeah, I tweeted it. While the game was going on last night, this was far from over. It was like actually a close game when I tweeted this, but I said, I fear for Philly's mental makeup if they go down 0-2 in a series when your leader is a shaky leader. Let's call him that in Joel Embiid. You have no Ben Simmons to help defensively. Your coach, as you said, Lee, is a dead coach walking. He's gone. He's on the hot seat. So why are they like really going to rally for him? Mm. And you're in a damn bubble. That's the other part of here. And I've said this before the playoffs started. I'm curious, these teams that get down 2-0-3-0, will they have any fight in them? Or will they just go, let's get the hell out of here. I'm tired of fishing for the same fish. I'm tired of this food. I just want to go see my family. We're not coming back. And uh, yeah, I mean, you would be betting on a sweep right now. One, because the Sixers, they can't play any defense. That's the crazy part to me. We talk about him being nonstop, get in the post, be a monster, 40-20s easily, all that. Work from you, kick it out and all this. Everybody can try and hit shots, which they're struggling with. But it's defensively, Lee. Like, we thought this team, and again, no Simmons. I get that. He's an all-defensive type player. But still, you know, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, Embiid, there, there are pieces where you're like, how is this not an elite defense to at least slow a great Celtics team down a lot of their wing guys? And that's where it's like, you know, they would the Celtics would come down, set a high pick and roll for whoever, uh, Kemba, Tatum, get them going. 
And the the bigs are just Philly just drops. They yeah. like oh just drop on back, and it was just like guys stepping into wide open threes or jumpers or like in rhythm jumpers or, or threes is the better way to put it. And it's like switch it up, guys. Do something else. I mean, th- it looked like those clips we see from like guys working out in the summer where they're like r- like doing little fake drills. We're like oh there's a high pick and let me just step into this because there's no defense. That's what it looked like, Lee. Yeah, no, it did. It did. And this is the thing. like We can talk all the Ben's, they're missing Ben Simmons all we want, but he's not the only good defender on that team. Right. Al Horford, we always say, one of the most underrated defenders. Josh Richardson's brought in there to help be a perimeter defender because he's got those long arms and he moves his feet. And Joel Embiid, he's also considered at some point, you know, one of the uh, candidates for defensive player of the year if he plays to his uh, potential. But he doesn't really care on the uh, on that defensive end. And you're talking about the half-court sets there. In transition, it's even worse. Once the Celtics get the rebound, they know they have basically can just walk in and score a, po- uh, mm-hmm. score a bucket. And you saw uh, at one point there, Jalen Brown just throw down that, uh, that 360 there, which was just kind of, to me, really just put the whole stamp on what this series is all about. Right. The Celtics can do whatever they want. And now they're at that point where they feel they can take this game anytime they want. So, yeah, Philadelphia coming into the series, you know, I, I talked to one of the keys for them was if they can at least keep these games close and ugly and dirty, they're a chance because they have got Embiid. But then yesterday, uh, they weren't Instead, even... the Celtics are doing 360 dunks exactly, on the fast exactly. break. <laughs> and, 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 also, and also, you know, Daniel Tice, you know, he, he was being outbullied there by uh, Embiid early, and they bring in Cantor. You think, well, Cantor's not a good defensive player, but Cantor was putting in. He was putting using his big body and making things uncomfortable for Embiid. And I felt that Embiid was kind of like, I don't really want to bang with this guy, so I'm just going to settle for these... Uh, these, these mid-range jump shots, which, again, he can hit them, but that's not when he's at his best and his most dominant. You need him to just go inside and be a, a force inside, and he wasn't doing that. So unless there's a huge change in their mental approach, Philadelphia's going to get absolutely blown off the floor in these last two games. Yeah. yeah, And it doesn't hurt, to me, it doesn't help their defense that Joel Embiid is getting the ball every single time and is being focused on the offensive end because he's not Giannis Tetacumpo. He doesn't have a motor like that. It's just, that's just the way it is. He's just a big man who can't show on every pick and roll and get back. They always drop him and yeah. he can be motivated at times, but if you're asking him to to play every, through him every single possession, it's just not going to work. They're just, they're going to look bad on defense that's that's a part of it there that's uh you know usually when you look at like a Jonas Valanciunas at center or uh, somebody even Rudy Gobert at times somebody who doesn't guard well in space you know the the guys who are just big and slow that's that's the troublesome part of having a big giant at the five well Joel Embiid now that's what they're focusing on. They're saying he's not going to come show. Yeah. And they're going to drop back, and we have open shots. And let's just move the thing, and they're dead. I, I just—it's just unfortunate to see uh, effort, uh, not just you know, not just defensively, but like fast break, <laughs> rebounding, a lot of categories. So yeah, they need their home court. Home crowd court to motivate them. That was the to situation. What, all oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, they need they need outside motivation. That's why they're a bad uh, road team and and a good home court team all season long. And these conditions are not so good for them. They're just not a cohesive unit. They're definitely not. You said going fishing. I could see them going fishing a lot because that's a solo activity. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see them at the dinner table at at, at the crappy uh, lunch spot where all they have is. 
quesadillas, just put some cheese on a tortilla, yum, yum, yum. Like, I don't see them, I don't see them enjoying dinners together or lunch together. Apparently, there's even reports that Joel Embiid just sits in his room, doesn't hang out with anybody. There's definitely no cohesion on this team. Right. I think that's right. pretty clear, even through the regular season and definitely the seeding games. Uh, well, Brett Brown did make a move here, Trey, in this game. He started Thibel in place of Al Horford, and I think a lot of people were like, okay, why not? It's game two. Tass said it. You know, he's sort of desperate already. You got to probably get this if you're going to win the series. And uh, didn't work out that, that well for them. I mean, Horford, what, scored four points and Thibel scored two? <laughs> they won <laughs> the first right. quarter, though. They did win the first quarter. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and Thibel held Jason Tatum to 33 with eight of 12 from three <laughs> shooting as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really know what Brett Brown is supposed to do. There's not a lot of options um, on the Sixers. The front office management has been terrible this season. It's been really, really bad. Uh, but the good thing is, is that technically, right, the Sixers are supposed to be the home team for the next game. So maybe they will bring in the crowd noises of them booing. Maybe, you know, second quarter we start hitting those boos. Oh, that'd be our amazing. first boos of the bubble. Because I remember there was a time uh, during the season, probably like late February, early March, where it felt like the Sixers were getting booed at home every single game. But then they would somehow come back and win in the fourth quarter. I yep. don't know if that's going to be the key. Uh, but I would load up uh, that boo bank if I'm uh, the Sixers PA <laughs> announcer, whoever's in charge. Yeah. Oh, I hope I think so. It, I, I think that's actually a blessing in disguise that Philadelphia won't be in front of their home fans in that court, so they won't be getting sort of that, that whole arena booing them because uh, they, they look bad. They look bad. And I will say, though, uh, Kemba Walker, it is so awesome to see him. Uh, he is just – it's taken a long time for him to get to this position where he's on a good team with good players – and he is really putting on display. He didn't shoot all that well yesterday from three, but just uh, the control he's got and just being in this situation is, is so awesome to see because we wondered, you know, would Kemba Walker be able to take that step up with really good players around him? And the answer so far is absolutely yes. He's, uh, he's looked great and it's fun to see him out there having fun and playing well. Great yeah, quote from him after the game too where he said, yeah, they're dropping back on pick and rolls. I haven't seen that much space in a long time. Yeah. What a diss. <laughs> I haven't taken this many open jumpers in my entire NBA career. Even Joel Embiid's like, I would like to challenge him, but coach says not to. That's bad. Oh, yeah. Well, back to uh, back to the home court advantage. I throw that in air quotes. Brett Brown had this to say about the higher-seeded Celtics, of course, winning the first two games. He said, quote, if the planet were normal – You'd be going back to Philadelphia and saying the Celtics did what they should have. I mean, does anybody really buy this? Like, no. he, he's like, hey, no. he's like, look, you know, a series doesn't start until uh, you know a team wins on the road. You don't yeah. buy this, Ailey? Eh, no, no, because it's they're not in Boston. <laughs> they're in a neutral <laughs> venue, um, and they're getting just destroyed. And that venue isn't going to change. So, yeah, I, I think Brett Brown. I mean, you can see him on the sidelines there. He he doesn't look comfortable. He, uh, I think he realizes that he's he's coaching for his career right now, and. Uh, that Sixers career is ending in two two games' time, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can they pull out one? We'll see. We'll see. Let's keep it going because uh, you know I was also tweeting who's going to write the first or who's going to start talking about the first Celtics Raptors second round preview, even though we're only halfway through these series. But let's get to them. The Raps, Van Vliet, Norman Powell. They lead the Raps past the Nets, one hundred four ninety nine. Ugly, ugly game at times, but they have the two zero series lead. What's your big takeaway, Tass? Raptors are going to have their first sweep in franchise history. Yeah, they've won a championship, but they've Put never up the swept. banner. Yeah, but no <laughs> doubt. Uh, hang it over Tim Horton, who's got his number retired with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sweep the first time uh, in their now 25 years. Uh, it's going to happen. The Nets 
put up a great fight. It sure seemed like this would be the one that they could take. And yeah, they might get one. But you talk about Joel Embiid not showing uh, because he doesn't have the lung capacity. Jared Allen, who wasn't even a starter at the beginning of the year. They were starting KD's and Kyrie's bud, uh, DeAndre Jordan in that spot. Jared Allen just... They changed the defense. Uh, Jacques Vaughn, Nets head coach, said we can't just have a guy sagging back. They're they're burying us with their threes, their guard play. So let's fly a guy out there. And Jared Allen did a great job. And their threes went down from 22 to 9 from game 1 to game 2. That was big. And, I, and you talk about the Celtics. The Celtics can probably do that in the second round. Hard not to look there. It's hard not to look ahead with oh, both yeah. teams up 2-0 <laughs> right now. Daniel Tice can do that and he's going to do that he's going to get up uh but the nets put up a valiant effort and the raptors just understood hey this is a 48 minute game they didn't lead for three quarters and then uh, yeah they finally took the lead there they ended the game with og ananobi and pascal siakam playing the four or five that's our nba a six seven guy and a six nine guy and uh, they did the job and it sure feels good if you're uh, if you're a Raps fan. You got to definitely worry about the Celtics. I know that's a little ways away, but the way that they looked playing against them in the seeding game, where their half court offense looked a little stagnant, that's what happened in this game as well with with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the half court offense has to get a little bit better, but let's relish it right now. Let's catch up mustard and relish this potential <laughs> sweep uh, for the Toronto Raptors' first time in franchise history. You wonder if the scrappy Nets here are doing the Raptors a favor. And what I mean by that is like actually playing hard, actually you know trying out there. Um, some of these guys hitting shots, giving them at least a bit of a series, competitive games, nothing sort of easy. And that helps the Raptors moving forward against the Celtics in the second round, whereas the Celtics are playing this team that you know we just talked about looks very checked out, uh, want to go home. And, uh, you know, I just wonder if that translates at all in like the first game or two. It's like the ne- the Raptors are a little more prepared for the intensity of it all where the Celtics are like suddenly going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> Why are you yeah. playing defense? Why are you supposed to back up? Just back up. Let me step into yeah. this jumper. That I don't adju- know. I think it's going to adju- be a great series though. Yeah, and that adjustment for sure, big time. That, yeah. That's definitely going to help them out because the, the Celtics are definitely going to do that. And, you know, we wondered going into the bubble situation, is there a potential that the Nets could drop out of the playoffs because they don't have any other guys. Well, they worked their asses off and got up to the two seed while the Magic are down there in, in the eight seed. It, it, that competitive level, uh, you know, the Magic are playing well, but Vucevic wouldn't be out there trying to take away Lowry and future finals MVP Fred Van Vliet. He'd be hanging out back there. So I think the Nets... Uh, would have liked rather liked to play the Milwaukee Bucks just because the Bucks are you know sagging a little bit. They're not playing great, uh, but yeah, I agree. They're, it's better to play the better team here, uh, especially because you're going up against a great team in round two, a really good team if if the if it all plays out as expected. Yeah, I'm it. ready to put on some binoculars. I'm getting out a telescope and looking way ahead. The winner of the Raptors Celtics series is going to go to the NBA Finals. You can lock that in right now. Bucks haven't looked Good impressive chance. so far in the bubble. I think they'll still probably be able to handle the Heat, who are likely coming out of the 4-5 series. But you can mark me down for the Raptors and Celtics going far because these two teams just look completely locked in in similar ways. They are so versatile. They have so many different options they can throw out there, and they both trust their coaches, right? Uh, the fourth quarter closing lineup for the Raptors had played two minutes together all season, and they're going out there to win a playoff game. You got to love to see it. If you're the Raptors, Nick Nurse has them playing. They trust him, and they're so adaptable that they're willing to try whatever he suggests. And it seems to work most of the time. So I'm loving the two and three seeds uh, in the East. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, um, 
It, that, that's an interesting take that you have there, Trey, because the Bucks certainly haven't looked good. And I also think that the Celtics and the Raptors are, have looked the best two teams. But I still want to give the Bucks a little bit more time just to sort of get things right here because I think at their best, as we saw earlier in this season, they are a, a, you know an imposing team at both ends of the floor. So we'll wait and see there. But I think for the Raptors yesterday, this was a good, bad win in, in yeah. the sense that uh, you know the, the Nets had this game sort of up until about halfway through that fourth quarter when they all of a sudden couldn't hit a, hit a shot. And Karis LeVert, the guy who's been a star for them, he really had a, a cold shooting day yesterday. But they got contributions from Lawawu Cabarro and they got some from uh, Joe Harris, who's actually left the bubble too, which yeah. is... Uh, he's had a, a non-personal uh, or a non-medical personal reason, so we don't know if he'll return for this series. But I, I agree that I think this is good for the Raptors to have a good, tough series up front. Uh, this is going to help them, I think, in the long run because you know some of their players, like Norm Powell, yesterday had one of the best games of his career, and that's the sort of thing the Raptors have had, uh, in, have not had in the past, where someone you can like Norman, you can rely on to go out there and play well. So they're going to need guys like that to contribute and uh, yeah, to get this win, to grind this one out. I think is going to help Toronto ultimately in the long run. Yeah, it was, again, choppy, ugly at times. Uh, there was a couple sequences that you would not be showing uh, kids of like, hey, this is what NBA basketball looks like. It 100% deserved the early afternoon slot on NBA TV. Let's just put it like that. Um, but the only thing I would add to that, Siakam, I thought, looked very, very aggressive, which was great for the Raps. Um, you know, not the best game not the best box score still overall but aggressive especially early Raptors forced 17 turnovers because their defense won them this game and the Nets I mean they're down three there's 15 seconds to go they're trying to get the ball to Joe Harris you know coming off like a little dribble handoff and Lowry just blew up the play and then Norm gets a steal and goes and dunks it and they win by five I mean classic Nets had a chance to tie this game and, mm-hmm. and, and possibly uh, you know steal one or go into overtime though you can probably put this loss on uh, Kuru's for throwing the forearm shiver, the shoulder, to OG's head. Got the uh, got a common foul on that. It was a little shocking. They went and looked at it, and they, you know, a lot of people thought it might be a flag or anything. <laughs> really, he's leaned into uh, OG's head there with, again, like a little shiver, a little forearm shiver. But it fired OG up. Suddenly, OG was, like, amped. It was like hearing his uh, family member uh, introduce him in, in the uh, broadcast there. <laughs> He just like suddenly threw down a dunk and was like really locked in. So I think you put that loss on him for firing up. But um, yeah, you're right. You said it was a good sort of ugly win, and you need those wins mm-hmm. in the playoffs when you got to string together 16. They're not all going to be pretty. Um, and the Raps got it done. And yeah, we're getting Raps Celtics. I'm very very excited for that series. I, I can't wait. Just the just the sheer amount of like wing talent. Um, that guys that actually play on both ends too for the most part. Oh. It's going to be very, very fun. Anything else to add? I know we had a frustrated Mark Gasol in this. You don't see that often. <laughs> He's too skinny. He's too skinny now. He, uh, <laughs> he looks great down, though, down there. But, uh, yeah, he I, he just hasn't really been able to find his groove yet either. And I, I think that's uh, that's something that uh, he'll, he'll get there. He'll be there. You know, he'll deliver in those big games and those big moments. But yeah. uh, just seems to be not quite himself at the moment. But that's, but, I mean, and like you guys brought up that closing lineup. I mean, that's why Coach Nurse is maybe the best coach in the league, right? Or is, probably. You know, Marcus Gasol's frustrated. He doesn't have it going again. Abaka did not have a good game. You're getting little from him. All right. Let's go uh, Let's go small here. And let's have a lineup of Lowry, Van Vliet, Norm, and then OG and Pascal. And like, let's close with that. And it went on a great run and closed out the game. It's like, he doesn't care. He's like, let's try it. 
You guys aren't playing well. It's not working. Let's Mm -hmm. try something else. Wow, what a crazy idea for a coach to do. (laughs) But so many wouldn't. So many wouldn't. So many wouldn't. And so many teams, so many players would be like, hey, I'm supposed to be out there in the fourth quarter. Yes. And that's not a problem for the Raptors. Absolutely zero ego. They say, hey, Nick Nurse, you got an idea? Well, every single other thing you suggested has worked (laughs) fine. So, yeah, we'll give that one a shot. Uh, It's impressive the way that they're able to run out there and just – throw out lineups that you wouldn't expect to even be on the court, and then they succeed, and then it's Norm Powell throwing it back to the olden days where a a game-closing dunk is the highlight of the Raptors' season. Back before they could win championships, you would get excited about Norm Powell throwing down a dunk on the fast break. Now it's just a normal thing that happens in game two (laughs) for the Raptors. Times have changed. That Norm dunk. (laughs) Normal Norm. (laughs) That Norm dunk against the Pacers, I think what you're referring to there. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was... uh, was it 3-1, fourth quarter, game five of 2016, I guess? I think that sounds right. Um, I think so. They were going to go to the conference finals, right? Yeah. It was game was... six, wasn't it? No? They were down 3-2. Yeah. Threw it down 3-2? Well, I don't know. I, I think, Anyways, no, that, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. That was one of the best moments in Raptors history at that time. It was just a dunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the things have changed big time. And listen, I don't think they win this game if Nick Nurse doesn't pull out a coaching maneuver at the beginning of this game. They romped the Nets, but Karis LeVert was looking like, uh, you know, KD light out there in game one. So they decide, let's slow him down a little bit. Let's make him a passer. And they put Fred Van Vliet, like, forcing up on Karis LeVert to start the game. And Karis LeVert had 11 assists in this game. And they, they just showed him a bunch of different things. And that's why I think the Nets had, you know, a pretty poor shooting night, even though, yeah, you said it was an ugly game. Yeah, they, they only shot 39%. But if Nick Nurse doesn't pull out that move, I think Karis LeVert and the rest of the Nets get going on that end. And, you know, we have more of a shootout. But Jacques Vaughn made his adjustment by trying to press the Raptors guards. And Nick Nurse did the same thing. Nick Nurse is not just hanging out in his room playing his guitar he's looking at uh, adjustments what can we do how can we, yeah maybe they only have one superstar on this team well, yeah superstar is probably uh, a little bit extra for uh, for Kara Silvert that's being a little generous but yeah. you know they only have one guy who can take us down on his own what can we do and without that I don't think they win this game that Norman Powell dunk game five 2016 oh. versus the Pacers a huge moment I don't know if you remember this. I don't know why you guys would, but I'll never forget it. That was a weird game for me because my cable went out. Jeez, my cable's always going out. (laughs) But I was at my old apartment in Atlanta here. The cable legit went out in like the area or the building, I guess it was, that I was in. So I went across the street. I'm watching this in a bar all by myself. It it wasn't like the late, late game. It was, you know, it was one of those probably in-betweeners. Or maybe it was even an afternoon game. I can't really remember. But I'm watching it. I'm, you know, really into it. I'm the only one in the bar into this Raptors-Pacers game, if you can believe it, down here in Atlanta. But the Raps were down huge. And, you know, I'm all upset. Oh, geez, here we go again. Raps going to lose. And I remember Nora texted me because she's still at home. She didn't want to watch the game. She's like, they're going to win this game. They were down like 15 at the time. I don't know if you remember this, but she's like still believed in the Raps. <laughs> and they came back and Norm, you know, seals it with that dunk. And it was like, oh, my God. Incredible. What a cool story that was. But I will never, that was like one of my most memorable Raptors games. Just like Nora still believing the Norm dunk and watching it in this weird bar. 
here in Atlanta. I, I thought JD may, may cut your feed while you were telling yeah, that story. Yeah, that was <laughs> a pretty cool story. Okay, so let's keep it going here. Uh, we're gonna oh, hold get on to real the, quick. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, before sure. we move on, there was a great moment post-game from Kyle Lowry uh, after the win. Just smoking an assistant, <laughs> whatever kind of staffer this is. Boom. Oh, people were saying this was a game-recognized game scenario. You know, Kyle Lowry, he's got some boost, so when he sees a boost just hanging out there, he's got to let it slap. I like how the guy behind Kyle sort of rubs the back of the guy there to oh. sort of say, are you, are you okay? Are you okay, man? Yeah. <laughs> Even Lowry looks back to check. Yeah. He's like, I guess yeah. I did hit you pretty hard. And it yeah. looked like he got a very fleshy part of the boost. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. looked like he ended up a little more on the hip. Yeah. Uh, what a leader, man. I love a nice ass slap. Uh, oh, wait, we got breaking news here. Uh, Kyle Lowry will not be playing in game three. He's been suspended for slapping a guy he didn't know. He thought that was somebody else. A guy's suing. Um, all right, let's get to the Western Conference, but first, a word from our sponsor. Sure. The regular season is fun and all, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of playoffs, and that is DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Both basketball and hockey have entered their respective playoffs. Oh, the stars are up 3-2 on the Flames. 10.30 Eastern tonight might not make it for the show tomorrow, guys. Flames hanging on to their dear lives. Oh, no. And DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action, baby. With millions in prizes throughout the week, there is no better place to make it rain. Start playing for free with your first deposit today. If you haven't tried it yet, Daily Fantasy Sports are easy to play. Just draft your players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points based off of your player's performance. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test than to compete for millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. But if Daily Fantasy isn't for you, DraftKings just launched Best Ball Contest for football season. If you aren't familiar with Best Ball, simply head to the app now and check it out. You gotta do a little research in life. Don't just sit on your butt and do nothing. Sitting on your butt breeds more sitting on your butt. Just sit on your butt and go to the app and you'll figure <laughs> things out. Uh, download the DraftKings app and use promo code RUN to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code RUN to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, we got our Flames update. Let's get our uh, Judgey update. What's going on with Judge? You haven't been uh, talking about dingers lately. Yeah, no, I think he's still on the DL. Oh, okay. uh, uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, I haven't seen anything. Uh, no one's been tweeting me anything. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, no way yeah. to find out. Well, yeah, he may be back in the lineup very soon. I just saw the latest report, so yeah... Uh, Hopefully, I mean, I follow the Yankees on Twitter now, which is pretty crazy. And, uh, yeah. Mr. New York over here. Oh, no, I know, Scalping I know, tickets crazy. outside of MSG, working for the Knicks, following the Yankees. No. He's, only following, the Yankees. He's only following the Yankees on Twitter so he can get the uh, free dugout mug from them. Oh, like, yeah. That's the only no, reason you are. No one actually has contacted us about that. Surely someone knows. Come on, get one of those bats for me, please. Someone, I want to judge his bats. Right. I really want it. But yeah, I hope he comes back soon. I want him socking dingers, man. Socking dingers with Judgy is done, man. It's all about mashing taters with Tatis. Have you seen Fernando <laughs> oh, yeah. Tatis Jr.? Yeah. The guy had yeah. to apologize for hitting a home run. He's hitting so many home runs. Yeah. I think he had a three-run bomb last night, actually. I think. I don't know. It might have been the night before now. They you betcha. In, but yeah. <laughs> Castellanos yeah. hit a home run last night. Oh, was, well, that was... <laughs> oh, that was the... Drive to left. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the Western <laughs> Conference here. 
The Mavericks, the role players coming up huge in this one. The Luka was great too. Dallas wins 127-114. This one all tied up at one game apiece. Trey, big takeaway. The Mavericks outclippered the Clippers in this one. You mentioned it. Doncic was good. Porzingis was good, but it was honestly the bench that was great. Seth Curry, Trey Burke, and Boban putting the team on their back basically across the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, just catching fire, really spacing out the Clippers and just getting to the lane all the time. Trey Burke was looking incredible out there, just going to the lane and finishing, you know. Looks like he goes right every single time and flips up a little toss uh, on the rim and it somehow goes in, but... The Mavericks' depth actually showed up, and that's not something you necessarily expect. We did give their bench a nickname, the Mild Stallions, early in the year, but it kind of fell by the wayside, you know? We weren't talking a whole bunch about the Mavericks' reserves. It was all about if the Donk is going to be an MVP. Uh, You don't necessarily think of the other guys. You hope Chris Stapp showed up, but last night it was a team effort, and it it was just really impressive to see uh, basically Doncic go out with foul trouble at the beginning of the third quarter and a little bit later on as well, and the team take no steps back. You kind of feel like for the Mavericks to pull an upset in this series, you would have to have 40-point triple-doubles from Luka every single night. But as we saw last night, that's not necessarily the case if everybody else is able to perform. Yeah, this one is probably my favorite series so far because you go back to game one where Porzingis gets ejected with nine minutes to go in the third quarter and they're leading. I mean, you know, obviously things don't always just mean that you're going to have exactly the same games we saw last night, but the Mavericks could feel right now that they could be 2-0 up in this series and feeling yeah. pretty good. Um, I think Paul George, you know, he he had that big ice pack on his uh, shoulder last night. Maybe he's injured, maybe he's not, but he certainly couldn't shoot the ball all that well. But uh, this Dallas offense, I mean, coming in, I question whether or not this offense would be able to sustain itself outside of those big two, given how good the Clippers' defense is. But last night, I mean, it just worked for them. And, and everyone's getting shot. I mean, you saw, uh, you know, you mentioned Trey Burke and Seth Curry there. They were just like clowning the Clippers there in that sort of third and fourth quarter, getting uh, their basket so easily. So Dallas is going to have to feel pretty good because the Clippers really haven't been able to slow them down offensively at all so far in this series. Um, now, you expect at some point they're going to go a little bit cold, but right now Dallas is just in that group from the start of the game too. You know, Doncic was hitting shots early on. Porzingis was aggressive. And then when those, uh, you know, the Finney Smiths and the, and the Tim Hardaways and those guys give them shots and start making them, all of a sudden it's like, well, how do you stop this thing? Because when they get in transition, and you saw it with uh, Tim Hardaway last night, if he gets a ball in transition, it's going up. One way or the other, it's going up. And if, uh, if he knocks those shots in or he gets to the lane, he scores the ball. And, uh, you know, that, that's the way he likes to play. And that's what Dallas needs from him. So uh, this, is a, this is a very interesting series. I, I still pick the Clippers to come out ultimately on top because I think with, with Kawhi and with Paul George, they have just a little bit too much talent for the, clip, for the, for the Mavericks. But uh, not feeling, no, not convinced right now. Mm. Really, really looking forward to seeing how things play out here in game three, especially if Paul George is somewhat banged up. Well, let me ask you this. Put them in order. Rank them. Uh, extremely worried to, you know, little worried of the three sort of higher teams, the title favorites, the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Clippers. What order are you putting them in? Oh, wow. Who are you that, most that's... worried about to yeah. get out of the first round, of course? Uh, well, to get out of the first round, I, I guess I would say the Bucks because... The Bucks. Uh, well, I would say that because LeBron is getting out of the first round. He, he's getting out of the first round. That, that's that's going to happen. Okay. Um, okay. The Bucks are 13-point favorites tonight. You better hit the Orlando Magic. The Bucks, the Bucks to me the Bucks to me, are the most questionable, just out of one game so far. I, I think right. they advance. But but uh, for, the, for the answer to this question, I think it's the, the Lakers advance. Again, I think the Clippers 
uh, are going up against a very tough opponent, the toughest opponent in Dallas. But I think they uh, they ultimately get through, and so okay. then uh, uh, so yeah, so Bucks first, Clippers second, Lakers third. Okay. I think that yeah, okay. yeah. I mean it's it's again it's it's tough, but two good games so far from Dallas. Two very good games. We obviously get to see the Lakers and the Bucks in their second game today. So I, I expecting I'm expecting a very different response from Milwaukee today. And I'm expecting the Blazers to keep the, the Lakers game close, but I think the uh, Lakers even that series. We will see. We will see. Yeah, the Mild Stallions, though, Tass, were awesome. Boban, uh, what, 13 points, 6 of 8 shooting, 9 boards, really positive in very limited minutes, really didn't play a ton. Steph Curry, 15 points. And Trey Burke was so fantastic that I remembered, because Nora was like, who is that guy? And she was sort of half-assed watching while I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Trey Burke, yeah, you know, I'm telling her. I'm like, oh, yeah. We had Trey Burke on our show in Vegas. That's how oh, yeah. well he played last night that I was reminded that we had that guy <laughs> battling our own Trey Kirby at like, I don't know what, cup stacking or something like that, whatever you want to call that weird game. Yeah, he's a garbage cup stacker, but a pretty good <laughs> basketball player. Yeah, I mean, he, he was really dominant. I mean, he shot something like 7 for 11 in this game. What, what, you, what were your takeaways, Tass? I think Rick, Rick Carlisle can coach the crap out of basketball players. <laughs> Up and down. Uh, the lineup there he obviously won a title in 2011 getting stuff out of guys for like Deshaun Stevenson and a, a young Juan Burrell they just don't you know overextend past what they do so yeah Tim Hardaway you know just known as a shooter but they forced him to be able to pass a little bit and if you're going to stick on the floor and play 30 plus minutes in this game you're going to have to defend that's a heck of a job by Rick Carlisle and his staff Dorian Finney-Smith has improved putting the ball on the floor Trey Burke as he said uh, that guy was picked up off the scrap heap. And so uh, Rick Carlisle uh, is coaching a team that's not a seventh seed. And I think the uh, both the uh, Mavs and the uh, Blazers are not seven and eight seeds. They're, they're better than that. And they're, they're just playing in a really, really tough conference. They've had injury concerns, both of them. And so this series is phenomenal and you have to have confidence as as a team you know you just got beat by the clippers porzingis was out for the second half of that game he got his hugs from boban sure uh (laughs) but it it you got to have supreme confidence to come in the next game and play 48 minutes because that game could have fizzled away in the fourth quarter or when Luca was on the bench because this Clippers team is really mentally tough you know they are a, a championship favorite and I, I you got to give kudos not only to to Luca and the players, but uh, Rick Carlisle staff for keeping them afloat. Yeah, Patrick Beverly uh, would have made a difference. He didn't play yes. in this game because of a, a calf injury. Worrisome part for Doc Rivers is he said, I don't know if he's coming back on Friday for game three or if he's out a week. And it seems like a strange injury because he was in and out of the lineup uh, during the seeding games as well. So, yeah, that's a problem uh, in that they had to float a bunch of different guys. Uh, on Luca, they even threw Kawhi at him, which I didn't think was going to happen this early in the series. But man, the Mavs, unlike the Philadelphia 76ers, they are hanging out all the time together. <laughs> Eight, nine, ten guys, apparently, including Boban Marjanovic, who is apparently the nicest man in the world. He's so nice that opponents are saying, you're the nicest dude I know. <laughs> Marcus Morris was was with him at the, uh, at the free throw line, and Boban was rubbing his back. <laughs> they're, 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 he's rubbing his back. His, and, his hand takes up his entire back. Yeah, and, and later, <laughs> and later on, we we literally what what Marcus Morris is saying in that clip is, "You're one of the nicest dudes I know, like the nicest <laughs> dude I know." We found that out later in the broadcast because Bobot is that cool and that great, and they obviously. 
they love each other. But man, Luca, this is year two. The guy's pulling out these moves in the backcourt, getting foul calls. And in again, a really tough defense. But man, all grown up. That guy again has been playing in playoff games since he was yeah a wee lad since he was Coco Goff's age. I really like saying that. Stop saying that, please. I love Coco Goff and I love Luka Doncic. Uh, this is an incredible series. This is definitely the best series so far. Yeah, I mean Luca. What he had eleven turnovers in game one, mm. and I uh, got that down to one, I believe it was last night. You're right. No Beverly. If Beverly's there. He's just making everyone play a little harder. He's obviously getting into it with people. He's up in people. There would be more either for Luca because he'd be matched up on him and slapping away at him, or just you know jumping passing lanes and stuff like that. But still, great job by Luca. It's incredible stuff. Um, what when they showed? We don't have the clip, but when they showed. Uh, um, Patrick Beverly at one time you know how they can see themselves like the players can see across the court there's monitors of like what you're seeing on TNT did you see the clip where like it went to Beverly because they're talking about his injury they're talking about what's going on in the game and they showed him for a little while and he like he was like almost like throwing up an X like I couldn't yeah. tell if he was like talking about the foul that was happening on the floor or if he was upset that he was being shown on the camera do you know what I'm talking I about I thought it was so the latter weird. I thought he was calling up to the control room so saying did I. cut it off cut it off don't show me he was even doing this like you know like yeah. <laughs> like the director cut sort of thing um, but you can tell the players are more aware of where the cameras are during the bubble totally than they ever have been. I mean, it makes sense, you know? That's the only thing flying around all over the place, but you see it like Nurkic had that dunk and then stared down and blew a kiss to the yeah, camera. Yeah. Uh, after beating the Lakers, we had this with uh, Patrick Beverly. It was hilarious with Beverly because they went off of him, but then they came back and he's like, hey man, I'm still looking. Turn it off again. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's not the symbol then for the director. Maybe they need to take the Uncle Joey approach and just do their cut it out. Maybe that's uh, <laughs> that's the symbol. So. <laughs> the Uncle Joey. <laughs> well, I think Joey. that might be more that might be more well known than just sort of like, you know, if a guy's doing this, then maybe the director's I know, I like, was you know, confused. Yeah, he I, I seemed upset that he was being shown for so long on the <laughs> Which on also, the that, but that seems weird as well that Patrick Beverly <laughs> wouldn't love a little bit of FaceTime out there, you know, because he's really into the game and he's encouraging his teammates. Maybe. I think He'd want to see that, but who knows? Yeah, but you said it there, Tass. It is a little weird that Doc doesn't seem to know like when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back. So a little strange. Just uh, before we move on here, Kawhi, another dominant Kawhi-like game. But playoff P, Paul George, 4-17, 14 points. You know, okay, he's got the ice pack on his shoulder. He's talking about how frustrated he was with the whistle and all that. Does it does playoff P here? Does PG get the right amount of um, you know Criticism. Twitter blowback for these crappy performances? Like, it, or does he sort of get to skate by a little bit? And the only reason I say that is like, and this is me as a Raptors fan, you know, obviously bringing this up, but like, Lowry has a four for seventeen. The sky is falling. You know, he's suddenly the worst player of all time but here's playoff p going for a 17 this guy's a six-time all-star like you know is he getting enough i know there are people out there going you know where the hell are you and stuff like that but i, I what's your opinion on this guys i think we give uh too much or, or not enough criticism to number twos throughout the league i think we only ridicule lebron we don't really ridicule anthony davis mm. i think up and down the line everywhere i think it Porzingis, I don't think he gets enough ridicule. <laughs> we need more ridicule out there. But I think as even Ben Simmons, I think in general, it's just a thing we it's just a thing that happens. So why does the Lowry thing happen then? Because at times he's sort of seen as the lead guy. 
you know, maybe before Siakam went to the next level and he was sort of one two with DeRozan. Is that maybe why? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. I think that was that was pre Kawhi even yeah. where he got all that mm-hmm. criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd yeah. buy that. There's definitely some others out there, like Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. They get all sort of skate by, it feels like. Man, we just don't have the lungs. We don't have the word capacity <laughs> to go after a number two for some reason. But that that's what happens. But uh, I, I have been noticing that, too. As, as far as PG goes, he just stunk. He was horrible. Uh, yeah, he just had a really, really bad night. And you can uh, you can make the excuse about the, the shoulder, definitely about the, the foul calls, but... I think it w- it's it's something that Kawhi said after the game. Kawhi doesn't mince words. Kawhi doesn't. Kawhi really doesn't have the lung capacity. So I, when he does say one sentence, I do believe him. And he says the guys coming in and out of the lineup are real, is really messing with us, and mm. we're just sort of not used to this uh, shuttering in of uh, shuttling in of. Patrick Reveley, then Montreal, like everybody has been in and out of the lineup for them. So I think that is something that's kind of just annoying. And you definitely see that with the Lakers. Uh, and so I think that is kind of, you get in playoff mode, you want to go zero dark 30, as these guys like to say. And I think they want to have the same guys coming in and out of the locker room every single night. So that's that's the excuse I'm giving for playoff P. Trey, I was throwing you a big old fat softball there for you to go. Oh, <laughs> no, Skeets! Playoff P? Never heard of him! <laughs> Who? Is this a Gatorade commercial? I don't know. I was thrilled to wake up this morning and see Pandemic P was trending on Twitter. <laughs> Look, you can't give yourself a nickname. Wait, is that a with. joke? Or was that actually... No, that was, really t- that was really trending this oh, morning wow. on Twitter. Okay. Because Paul I George, guess... he, does, he does get a little bit of heat because he gave himself the nickname Playoff P yeah. when he had hit one game winner in a commercial. He trashes his teammates when they take the, the clutch shots. He trashes opponents when they make the clutch shots on him. I don't know what you want from me. I love people turning on Paul George. We wouldn't even know about this guy if things hadn't happened in 2012. Unfortunately, it happened in 2012. All right, well, okay, I didn't know that pandemic P was trending, so it feels like, uh, you know, the blowback is uh, uh, fair enough, I guess, for a bad Paul George performance. Lee, anything to add on that? No, not really. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Paul George does have to step up, though, in this series. And uh, if somehow the Mavericks advance, because again, I believe the Clippers get out of this. But uh, if they don't, if the if the Clippers don't, then I think Paul George is going to get uh, sure. quite a bit of the spotlight because Kawhi, he's proven it. He's done it. He's a Finals MVP. Went, you know, goes to the Raptors and win it. So he, if he has a bad series, which he hasn't anyway, he's had a good series so far. You know, Kawhi's not going to get the hate. It's going to fall on Paul George's shoulders. All right. Final game here to touch on. Donovan Mitchell scores 30 points. The Jazz hammer the Nuggets 124-105. This series also tied at one game apiece. Tass, big takeaways from this really dominant performance here from the Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz kicked ass, and it was led by Donovan Mitchell. And I'm not sure which Donovan Mitchell performance I like better. 57 points in game one or 30 points with eight assists and ridiculous shooting uh, in game two. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're two different Donovan Mitchells, and I, I think you got to give him a ton of respect for changing up his game. Uh, he decided, I, I can't score this much if we're going to win. He, he absolutely said, uh, I, you guys have to contribute. I mean, I'm not going to score 57 each game. So uh, they threw a ton of different defenses at him. You know, they blitzed him. They... Uh, they drop back Gobert. They they kind of 
the Jazz moved their pick and roll to the side so he could get the ball to the weak side a little bit. And, and Mitchell was finding those guys. They were switching. Then he, he destroyed people on his own when he had the chance to go at Nikola Jokic. Uh, so I think I'm going with game two. That, yeah, I, uh, I tweeted about this. I thought it was more you know beautiful game passing the ball around than uh, a one-on-one I'm going to kick your ass uh, type of performance that he had in game one. Um, but obviously he got them the win game one almost got them the win too. So I don't, I don't, I'm, that's not really my argument. The argument is that uh, he gets the attention so he can make Joe Ingles, he can make Joan Morgan, he can make everybody up and down that roster other than Jordan Clarkson who can get his own. He makes them all better. And uh, that was that was, uh, was a superstar becoming a real playoff superstar. Uh, the, we all forget, everybody given the Dame Lillard level, everybody forgets how people get or people got the ball out of Steph Curry's hands, and that's how the Warriors became the Warriors. That's true respect, and that's what the Nuggets are trying to do uh, to Donovan Mitchell. But they don't have the defensive personnel to back it up. They just they stunk. Uh, they sort of that- they sort of half-ass it. That's the yeah. problem with the Nuggets. I mean, they're the, one of the worst defensive teams in the seeding games down there. They're not a great defensive team, but they like I ha- I mean I, what I mean by half-ass is like they throw a double like at. At Donovan Mitchell, but it's like a weak double. There's no real, it's just like, sort of like, we'll just run a second guy at you, but they're not active with their hands. They're not obviously rotating after that. It's like, well, we've done our job. We got the ball out of his hands. And then it's like you said, all these guys stepping into wide open threes. Mitchell did a great job. I mean, he saw that coming and he had like, he was setting up three point shooters like that were wide open left and right in the first half. And he had a couple beautiful like backdoor cuts. Um, a couple great passes to him, you know, moving off ball too. Um, but it's just like the Nuggets defense is just, like they should almost this is wild to say but they should do the thing where like you know what let Mitchell shoot all the time take away everybody else stay at home on all these shooters because we talked about it heading into this series like in the regular season series it was the Jazz like what was it like plus I forget what the Schumann stat was like plus 85 in the three point department for Utah in this series versus Denver let Mitchell go for 40 or 50 I actually think it's a better game plan oddly than letting yeah. all these other guys step into wide open threes because your defense is just not that great. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. those that those plus numbers definitely included Boyan Bogdanovich when he kicked ass. True, so, that's true. And, and uh, no one thought that the, the Jazz would shoot fifty seven percent from three uh, through three quarters. You know, before yeah. garbage time. Yeah. So th- I think that that, that should drop off. Uh, but that the third quarter uh, where they shot seventy percent from the floor, the Nuggets just weren't ready to play. And, uh, and the, you know, Jordan Clarkson held a minute in the second quarter. So I think uh, it was kind of a special special night offensively for the Jazz shooters. I don't really see that repeating, but I do like this. If they're going to give them space for to pass, I think Donovan Mitchell's got to do that. Sure. Yeah, the, the, the Nuggets defense deserves criticism, but also the Jazz were just on fire in that mm-hmm. third quarter. I think they hit five threes in a row and nine yeah. for the quarter. Um, so... There's not much you can do because they they weren't that wasn't all because of bad defense. It was just like team gets hot. Mitchell hit six of seven for the entire game, so you don't think he's going to be quite that hot. And they got off to a good start. Jazz the Jazz came out after a, you know probably blowing that one in the first game, and they were just a little bit more focused and determined when the shots are falling. Denver just couldn't get back into it because they wasted a good Michael Porter Jr. game there yesterday. But uh, this is a fascinating series now. I, I think Denver gets out of it still, but uh, I'm glad that Utah won that one yesterday. So we, we've got ourselves a series. I'm 100% convinced this, as I was at the beginning, this is going seven, Trey. I know you were as well, because these teams are just sort of so up and down. Can't trust them really from game to game, sometimes half to half, quarter to quarter. They're just all over the map. Yeah, 
<clears throat> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, just, you know, the Jazz can go cold. Uh, I feel like my biggest criticism of Mitchell is that he makes things too hard on himself sometimes. He really presses, and that wasn't the case yesterday. So when he's playing in control, it's it's why you could make an argument that 30-8 and eight is more impressive than 57, just the way he was willing to get rid of the ball and get it whenever it comes back. But then for the Nuggets, it's like, you know, Jamal Murray can have an incredible fourth quarter, but is he going to have an incredible four quarters? It's hard to say. They're just both teams so up and down. That's why you got to think seven-game series makes sense. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., though, did have a nice game. I wonder if it's because Royce O'Neal was guarding Mm. Jamal Murray, though. That was pretty impressive. O'Neal was focused yesterday. Yeah, Yeah. that that move had to be made, too, uh, because Jamal Murray just destroyed my dear countryman. Joey Ingles in that uh, fourth quarter. So, yeah. yeah, so uh, that was that was the key move there from uh, Quinn. And that is the move. Stop Jamal Murray. The yeah. Nuggets lose in the playoffs. We've talked about it. 14 points, 13 shots. That's not great. And, uh, yeah, a lot of that was Royce O'Neal on him and, and locking him down. News from the Nuggets, too. Will Barton, Tass, has left the bubble to rehab his knee. I don't think we're going to see him at all. He's gone. He hasn't played in a single seeding game, obviously not in the playoffs, and he's out of there. I don't know what Gary Harris's update is, but uh, Barton is gone. Will the thrill. They could definitely use Gary Harris if he's going to be sticking around the bubble, and hopefully he gets healthy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think Gary Harris, just because their defense is lacking big time, would be uh, is a little bit more important than Will Barton right now because Will Barton's a scoring man. But they seem to be find, finding enough scoring, and yeah, the reason why this seems like it's going to be a long series is because the Nuggets just have a couple defenders out there and, and Michael Porter Jr. turned that around at least in, in game two. He's able to stay on the floor so that's a big win for the Nuggets but they need uh, some defensive minded players that can also bury some threes right. and so hopefully Gary Harris can, uh, can be on the floor but yeah it seems like everybody who leaves the bubble um, it's it's uncertain whether or not they're coming back. <laughs> right. just, it just seems like what's going on right now although you know Mike Conley's coming back uh, for the Jazz in this series he could be back uh, game three Uh, on Friday all right I don't know if this snuck up on everyone else but the draft lottery is tonight (laughs) where the hell did that come from I like noticed it yesterday what oh okay we're doing this on Thursday yeah it usually happens but uh here we are on August 20th yeah 2020 NBA draft lottery it goes down tonight 8 30 Eastern on ESPN I believe I think it's between games if I've got that right you know it's uh after the Bucks game and then before the Lakers game, I think. Um, the show is going to feature representatives for uh, all 14 lottery teams. We're going to see Steph Curry tonight for the Warriors, D'Angelo Russell, De'Aaron Fox, and so on. I don't know a ton about the draft. I know you guys don't either. You know, We're not huge on following these guys, but I do know it's sort of like a three-player race, let's call it that, for the number one pick. There's no consensus, and it might depend on which team even gets the number one pick, so this could be huge. Uh, Georgia's Anthony Edwards, sort of a wing guy. you got the NBL's LaMelo Ball, and then Memphis's James Wiseman, the big guy there. Those are sort of the three that you're seeing at the top of a lot of draft boards. But let's... Let's figure out who wins this thing. Now, we usually do something silly, but we, uh, you know, again, forgot that this was even happening. So I thought we could just fire up Tankathon here today, guys. Do the old simulation and just see who wins this thing before they even do it. You want to do that? Yes. Makes oh, sense. Yes. Now, here's the question while I fire it up and then share our screen for everybody on YouTube. Are we going to do one click or should we maybe do a couple? And I was going to throw out the idea of doing four clicks because I turned 40 <laughs> today and we're not going to do 40, but four, 40, close enough. How do we feel about that? Do five. Okay. <laughs> Why? 
For you, for you being 50? Okay, we can do that. Let's do five, yeah. Okay, okay. Best we'll of do... five. You always say best of five for something, don't you? You know, you don't say best of four, so you just make it best of five. That's a good point. All right, so the fifth one is going to be actually yes. what goes down tonight. Is everybody seeing my screen? JD? Oh, yeah, yeah. looks good. Everybody's Are we, good? Okay. okay. Are we making a pick for who we think is going to get it? Yeah, okay, sure, okay. yeah. yeah. And, and I should point out... Um, Are we making know, a pick for the second one or the third one oh, or the one. fifth one? Oh. There's, uh, there's three teams that have a 14% chance at the number one pick. That's Golden State. And Golden State's interesting because a lot of people think <laughs> if, if they get it they might trade it so that that's somewhat fascinating uh cleveland has a 14 percent chance minnesota has a 14 percent chance and they got the hawks caca, at 12.5 percent and then detroit at 10.5 percent all right D- lee who do you think's gonna win it when i click this the fifth time <laughs> <laughs> my knicks baby it's coming okay. home it's okay. coming home <laughs> okay the knicks are in sixth task who would you like to even see it and we can always ask it like that too i definitely want the atlanta hawks they got the fourth best odds i live in atlanta they didn't okay. have the luck last year uh we got to shore up the southern teams here okay do give me the hawks okay trey well, the Knicks are going to win it. The fix is in, no doubt about it. Wow. I would love it to be the Bulls, but they're going to end up in seventh, as they always do. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I'm rooting for a 3% chance at the number one pick going to the Phoenix Suns, right? The basketball gods right. should uh, shine brightly upon them after what they just did down there in Orlando, going 8-0 and still make, not making the playoffs. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll root for the Suns here. Okay. And and the, the Rangers, New York Rangers, we want to... Stick with the uh, the stick and the puck. They just won the draft lottery in the NHL. Oh, wow. So, so Lee must be pumped. Yeah, okay. All tight. right, here we go. Let's just do this. It doesn't take long to sim it. All right, first one. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But let's see. Oh, it's oh, taking it's way longer than I thought it would. Whoa. Okay, okay. Sorry, Wolves fan. Well, Wolves fans get that one. Okay, second okay, one. Let's one. see. Number one. Memphis. Wow. Memphis. Well, Memphis jumping 13 spots there. Okay, that doesn't count, though. Number three here. Oh, Taz. Oh, no. oh baby. again. Uh, fourth one. Oh, boy. Detroit. Wow. Oh, uh. All right, here we go. Come on, Knicks. Fifth one. Sim Lottery. Shout out to tankathon.com. Gotta this, is this, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one. This is what is happening tonight. You don't even need to watch the show. Here we go. <laughs> Sacramento Kings. Oh. Wow, Joe Dumars, lucky. Yeah. Wow, the Kings, that's definitely not happening tonight. The uh, Kings have a 1.3% chance, but uh, Kings fans, going to be happy. Uh, Tankathon, our fifth simulation, says the Kings are winning it. Wow, that would be big. Charlotte <laughs> Charlotte 2, Cleveland 3. That's... And Chicago dropped to 9 there, Trey. <laughs> I was watching the Bulls every single simulation. They didn't move up once. They moved down two times. Two out of five times the Bulls moved down. All right. All right. That was... Uh, that went... It went more smoothly than I thought it was yeah. going to, actually. All right, congratulations to the Kings in advance. Uh, any Anything to add, you know, going into this draft lottery? Again, I know we're not like Jonathan Givenese, Givenese, Jivenese, whatever his name is over here. <laughs> That's how little I know about the draft. I don't even know how to say his name. Uh, but anything to add, Trey? Uh, I just can't. Wait to Sam Vecini, who gets the first pick tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, well, Mellow Ball, I assume, is going to be the number one pick. He's marketable. He's tall, and he can pass the little Mellow Ball. I would I've, love to see him do it uh, because he played in the NBL last year. So it would give uh, a little bit more weight to people going out to play in the Australian Basketball League. So that would be awesome if he did that. I think, worst case, he's going three or four for sure. I am so torn on whether LaMelo Ball is going to be good. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. the only guy I've done any sort of homework on, watch yeah. clips, like, you know, been following a little bit more. It's like, 
I'm I'm not convinced it's that good. <laughs> but yeah. everything you read from the experts, like, no, this guy's legit. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a star. Tass, anything, th- Dad? Oh, sorry, Ali. Really oh, I was just gonna say, I think Australia, the NBL, had the highest rankings ever when Lamelo was playing out there this Ratings. year. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. far as TV audience and stuff, which just shows the uh, you know the impact it can have. Sure. I mean, coming from the Ball family, of course. But uh, yeah, so I, I hope this is uh, this is good because it would would be good for the Australian basketball. I've got nothing to add. I am looking yeah. forward to seeing LaMelo Ball and what he can be. Uh, hit or miss. Bust or balls. No one knows. <laughs> I feel like uh, Mike Schmitz, Mike Schitz for not being able to uh, pronounce anyone's name. Uh, I butchered that. Anyway, it's my birthday. Asshole rules. Okay. Trey, tweet of the night. What do we got here? Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Got a couple of tweets for Tweet of the Night. The first one actually came this morning. It's from our own Tass Mellis. And it says, Happy birthday, J.E. Skeets. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank Who you. is this young man with a shaved face? Wow. Wow. I liked, uh, I saw somebody in the comments to that tweet say, uh, What iPhone is that? What phone is that? <laughs> That's a karaoke remote. <laughs> <laughs> What song do you think you're singing right there, if you had to Ooh, guess? Well, you know, Jolene, look, perhaps? Yeah, well, I'm inputting, I'm inputting some karaoke songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, uh, you know, you get into a karaoke room with 20 of your friends, it can become a bit of madness in terms of, like, operating the system, you know, putting in stuff. It can just get crazy. So we would have this sort of, like, I think it worked pretty well, Task Trade, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I would generally... Put the numbers in. So if you found the song number in the book, you just <laughs> you blurted it to me, you came and told me, and then I would just keep the remote. So the, the, you would get into trouble if the remote got passed around to everyone. That's that's where it oh, just yeah. became a nightmare. Everybody's you know drunk, they'd screw it up. So I would man the remote, you had a song, boom, let's put it in. Put it in cue. So uh, yeah, I don't know, what, to answer your question, no idea what I'm singing <laughs> there, but um, I'm obviously, uh, I'm loving the song. I look pretty happy in that in that photo and putting in a new song, I guess. Uh, yeah, I assume you are. Yeah, we like uh, we like to go deep on the songs. But uh, yeah, happy birthday to you. Thank and, you. And you know, karaoke is fun if we ever get to do it again. <laughs> the real tweet of the night from last night comes from our friend Henry Abbott at True Hoop, who asks a simple question. We're all watching a lot of basketball right now. Henry says, "What's the most you have ever accomplished during a timeout?" Let's go up, what, two and a half, three minutes? You can uh, accomplish a simple task around yeah. the house. I respond, I said, for me, I always want to unload one rack in the dishwasher. Come back mm. the next time out, unload the second rack in the dishwasher. That's a perfect amount of time to figure out where your plates and your cups are going. <laughs> what about y'all? Yeah, that's mm. uh, you're right. Uh, the two, I think, I think they extend to like three and a half minutes, especially in between quarters, where sometimes they come back in between quarters and tell you Luka Doncic having a good game. Back to commercial. So there's there's, <laughs> there's a nice chunk of time right there, but you know, you don't want to go too far. I always throw the garbage out or throw the recycling out, yep. and you always have to separate them verbally <laughs> because people say I'm throwing I'm throwing it out and throwing in the recycling. Recycling is recycling, garbage is garbage. Uh, I mean that's just a pet <laughs> that's just a pet peeve of mine. You're doing something good if you're throwing in the recycling. You're not throwing it out. But I would never try and do both during a break. Get back. <laughs> Too complicated. Get back. Lee, what about yourself? Oh, well, actually, this is uh, a leaf from your book here, Skeetsy, because uh, when I go to the can, I like to take my time. But uh, sometimes <laughs> if it's late in the game and uh, there's a timeout, I'm in and out like Skeetsy, and yeah. I get the job done. So uh, that's it. When you're under the pump, you have to perform, and I can do that. But if there's no timeout, 
you know, that's, that's your, that's, you, you don't rush through that otherwise. So, yeah. Yeah. You're also 50, so you can't hold it anymore. You know? When you got to go, you uh, got to Where's diapers? Yeah. <laughs> Take a Let quick playoff pee. <laughs> um, I actually, I looked at this a little differently because, yeah, during a timeout, you can't get a ton done. But, I mean, definitely running garbage out or doing the dishwasher makes sense. I've been using, though, halftime to really use that, like, what is it, like 15, 16 minutes or so uh, to really get a task done. And most nights, um, I water the flower beds late at night. You don't want to do that when it's, like, stinking hot out, right? You don't want to get water on those leaves, man. They can burn. So you got to wait till the sun goes down gets a little bit cooler. So that, that second-to-last game of the day so far and all the seeding games now into the playoff games that halftime that's a nice little sweet spot to get outside and water the garden it's perfect it's like takes me like the perfect amount of time i obviously don't have a ton ton to water here i don't have to worry about the backyard yet but uh yeah it's nice and you got to get up too you gotta you either gotta go take a deuce like lee or uh, go out to the garden (laughs) oh yeah get some squats in actually that's probably the best thing to do because when you're just plonked on the chair for multiple hours a day not good for you. Not good for no, your posture. Are you still talking about the toilet? <laughs> nah, no, well, that's it. I go from sitting. <laughs> I go from sitting on one seat to another seat. Uh, but it's, it's, the, it's those few steps. You would never be one of these people um, that puts uh, a television screen in their uh, bathroom, Lee. No, no, no. no. I've even tried recently leaving my phone out too. Oh, because it's like just, just separate, just separate. Go in there, <laughs> go in analog in the toilet. Yeah, because you go in there and then all of a sudden you're scrolling and you're you're in there for twelve minutes sometimes. You're like, all right, this is not. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> right, it's also sort of gross too. You know, it is. It I is, mean, I'm it guilty is. of it. I've definitely yeah. done it. I mean, I know Tass used to take his old laptop in there. Oh yeah, Tass has gotten like days worth of work done in the, on the can. <laughs> He's taking calls, <laughs> faxing things. You gotta get things done. You got to get things done. That's what I, I had a dedicated stool for it as well, and a stool for my stool. So, so it wasn't even spontaneous; it was kind of premeditated. You were like, "Well, I'm, I'm going in the dump, and I'm getting myself all set up in there." Well, it's good for everybody. I forget what there. they're called, but the little step up. Uh, what are those called? It's not a, a squatty potty. A squ- yeah, that's not a squatty potty, though, is it? Uh, where you put your feet up. Yeah, oh, that was on so, Shark yeah. Tank. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely you good. You have one, don't you, Tess? Yeah, definitely good for yeah. you. Definitely, yeah, that'd be for great you. for you. Yeah, that's how the body should uh, get rid of any unwanted waste. <laughs> what? And that was an ad for Squatty Potty. I'm telling you, it's medically, it's medically I, uh, okay, a better way to do Dr. it. Dr. Ellis here, you're worse no, than hey, my pillow listen. guy, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in uh, in parts of Asia, that's the uh, that's the way they do I it, and know, uh, you know. know. But the way you said it, you, you don't you don't need it to get rid of waste, okay? In your no, body. but it's, it's are better, you recycling or throwing out the garbage? Yeah, what are you doing with your browns? Sarah Gray confirms yes, Squatty Potty. That was just an integrated ad right there. That we're selling Squatty Potties here. Oh, we could sell the hell out of Squatty Potties with the amount of times we talk about taking a dump on this show. <laughs> uh, all right, so great tweet of the nights there, uh, Trey. Uh, Tess, just quick look ahead before we wrap this up. Um, you know, I said we got the draft lottery tonight, but we do have four games on again. What do we got? Yeah, we got the Quadzilla on ESPN, and of course, we're all looking forward to the number one seeds who both lost uh, wild on Tuesday, the Lakers-Blazers. But I'm a little bit more interested in that Bucks magic series because the Bucks are they going to get performances like the Mavs last night from guys 2 through 12, anybody outside Giannis Tetacumpo who are really going to perform out there because, as I mentioned, they're a 13-point favorite. 
they were blown out in this game. The Lakers were up in the fourth quarter, so I'm not so worried about them. They actually played good on one end of the floor against the Blazers. The Bucks didn't play good on either end. It was coming out on both ends for them. So uh, <laughs> let's let's have a potty break for them as they uh, they get going here. Uh, are they the early game? They're six uh, o'clock. They're the sixty, and yeah. then back to back with the Lakers. I think it, the scheduling has been so good to have these. LA teams at home back to back as the late games. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been high quality stuff. They've, I actually, been, they've been programming pretty well. I'm actually almost a little surprised. I will say that outside of those LA teams playing the late game, which makes sense because you want to catch as many people on the West Coast as possible, or have it like a little bit later in the day there because it's a six o'clock start there. That they're like like jockeying around the start times a little bit for these teams, right? Like the Magic Bucks didn't play at six o'clock. In their first game, right? That was mm-hmm. uh, it was an earlier game, thirty, yeah. yeah. And you know the Raptors have, have switched it up a little bit too. I'm I'm a little a little surprised by that because that means at times you're gonna have a bit of a a quicker turnaround. I know they're not playing back to backs, but just a little shock. I thought they would just lock in to their times and say, "Here no. you go, this is your time slot. This Here's is how the, you flex it. This is yeah. how you flex it." Like I said, that's the more interesting game of the other three games. Apologies to the Thunder Rockets and Heat Pacers, but you get bumped. The Bucks and Magic is it's. It's a little more tantalizing now that Ugh. the Magic have taken game one. It is. It's it, it is, but I'm a little worried for like a 30-point Bucks oh, sure. tonight. And then you're like, Ugh. You still okay. got to watch the ads, though. That's, that's ESPN, right. ESPN well, be, got uh, what they wanted. I'll be able to give the uh, flower bed a little bit more water. 30-point <laughs> blow. Just before we go, too, um, was it on yesterday's show or the show before? I can't remember. I was talking about the idea that Damian Lillard feels like he might be Doctor Strange. Because I, I, he knows something. He's done all the calculations and he can see the future. He just seems that confident. Like he knows they're going to beat the Lakers or he knows he's going to win a title or whatever the hell it is. And we had at Donson send in a great tweet to me. Did a little photo mashup oh. here of, yeah, I don't want to sound like a nerdy wrote, but Dr. Stephen Strange <laughs> also happens to be the guardian of the Dame Time Stone. Oh, I didn't even know that when I made that comparison. I didn't even know it was the time zone. Though I should have. JD, I don't know why you didn't help me out with that one. But great <laughs> Photoshop there from at Donson. Man, this is a lot of fun. Gotta love the YouTube element here. Hopefully you guys listening to the show, just go check it out on YouTube. Check our tweets. It all makes sense. Trust me. Guys, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube to talk about the four games, talk about the draft lottery, and anything else. So get your emails. Send them, send them in, still your questions and your comments to nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Lee loves seeing that guy. Definitely doesn't look like a Clipper Bro voice. I mean, when you see it, he's definitely a strange look. Thanks for joining us. And remember, it's fitting that this comment comes from Splash Myers. Whew, no dunks is now no dumps. I would say it's lots of dumps, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the day, people. (laughs) 